What's up, everybody? I'm Marlon. Welcome back to another episode of On Our Radar. Um, I got a special episode for you guys. Marie is taking a break because she's pregnant. So um, I have two of one of uh, my two closest friends in the world right now. I've known them since, I don't know, guys, how long have I known you? Since the fifth grade? Fifth grade. So I would say that was like 96. 96. So there's there's a lot of history between us. Um, no. These two guys have been in the father game for a little bit longer than I have, and I thought it would be a great idea to have a full-fledged fatherhood episode. Um, get a little bit of perspective as me being a new father and them being a little bit more seasoned. I wanted to have them on and kind of pick their brains a little bit. And also, for those fathers who are listening um, and those soon-to-be fathers that may be listening, this might be a great episode for you guys to tap in on to kind of get some perspective and what's going to be coming your way in the next couple months or even a couple days. So, you know, for the moment, uh, some people are familiar with Steph Worldwide. Um, he has been a featured guest on our show, uh, I would say, about three or four times. Three or four right? times, yeah. Yeah, three or four times. And if you haven't uh, checked out his page, Steph Worldwide, then you're missing out. That's first. Um, but other than that, we have my friend here, Eric. Um, he's also a veteran in the podcast game a little bit. And also in the handyman game, he has helped me create the baby's room for Josiah from ground up. And I am very appreciative to have him on the show. But I would like to give the floor to you guys, kind of give yourself a little bit of an introduction. So I'm going to start off with Eric, because some people do know who Steph Worldwide is. You're on me, my friend. Well, sorry about that. Thanks, Marlon. Well, super simple. I'm a dad. I've been a dad for a long time. I got four kids. Ages 14, 13, 11, and 6. And, um, you know, it's really, it's, it's, and and it's, it's a lot, but. How are you you doing? You look tired, man. Like I said, um, my oldest is 14. I haven't slept in 15 years. So, (laughs) you know, that's how that goes. You know, it's, it's also a blessing. And, um, uh, besides that, um, you know, I'm going to be scheduling my vasectomy very soon. First quarter, 2023. Nice. So you're, I got you're, a lot. You're done. You're a lot done. of experience. That's over. I have, I have two children with with um, a former um, ex wife, uh, and then I acquired one through my current wife, which is my legal stepson. But I, I don't call him that. But just for you know educational purposes, and then my current wife and I have one child together. So not only do I have four kids, but tour with one woman. I have one with my current wife, and then I have a stepchild as well. So it's it's you know a, a wild dynamic. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Steph Worldwide, um, Stefan definitely has a kid in his own who's also my goddaughter. Um, but, you know, I, if you follow his page, you kind of see him, you know, see her featured every once in a while. Here and there. Uh, here and there. Um, she's a dynamic <laughs> in her A own lot of life. energy. A lot of energy. So uh, there's a lot of perspective that I value from these gentlemen here. And I wanted to, like I said, get back into the fatherhood conversation of what that really means so you know i i mean it's it's a matter of pre- preference to be honest with you and i think both of you can give your own based off of your history of raising your children but what does fatherhood mean for you currently and whoever wants to go first can you can go Eric. well i'll go first i mean yeah. for, for me it's it's fairly simple for for me personally through my personal experience fatherhood is being able to provide my children with something that I didn't have. That's, that's really what it boils down to me. And what does that mean? I mean, for the most part, it's growing up without a father. So for my children being around, that's the number one thing above all, 
mm-hmm. above whatever I can buy them, wherever I can take them. That's that's the only thing. Just being around. Mm-hmm. But then other than that, you know, just just like everyone else, you know, like if you if you didn't grow up with a big house, you know, you want to give them a big house. You know, what I mean, if you grew up and maybe sometimes you didn't have heat, you want to make sure that the house is always like burning. So just just things <laughs> like that. Sometimes you didn't have hot water. You want to make sure you know they can take showers all day. Yeah. So you know, just things like that. Being able to raise them with a good foundation, but also being able to like spoil them and you know just ride that fine line between the two. That's really yeah, amazing to me. For for me, for a while, um, fatherhood is kind of meant like the greatest challenge of leadership. So just trying to teach my kid, you know, really important morals as far as just um, integrity, doing the right thing, those sort of things. And then also a lot of what Eric said is built into it, right? So, um, you know, making sure she doesn't really need anything, right? Wanting things is different, but needing things. Um, making sure the bases are, are are all covered and just being able to protect and provide. I feel like that's just um, like our instinct, right? We want to make sure that our kids have everything that they need and um, just always being there. That's the number one thing is just being present. That's so super important and underrated. Do you guys think that, well, you got everybody's perspective. We're all coming from single parent households. That's generally how right. we all kind of bonded in that sense, because our parents definitely shown that like they approve of the nature of how each of us were raised. So when we were going to mm-hmm. each other's houses, they were like, okay, we, we see how you guys are raising that kid. You're fine. If you want to give him a spanking or a beating, feel free. Right. Um, but do you feel like your childhood, where you guys were raised impacts how you are treating or raising your children now? I think, to an extent, I mean, like you, like Marlon mentioned, it wasn't just single parent households; it was single mom households, right? right. So we were all raised by by single mothers, and we saw them struggle in ways that we don't want to have to see anyone struggle. Um, but uh, <clears throat> to an extent, it does, but only it shows me, all right, this is what I had to witness. I got to make sure my kid never has to go through that. Now, it's not to say that things can't be difficult sometimes, but um just doing our best to make it so that she doesn't have to go through those sort of things. Right. Um, yeah, that I'll, I'll leave it at that. So in, in, to an extent, a little bit, but only because, um, like, again, it was a single mother and we're, we're, we're men obviously. So it's a little bit different. Well, I think it always matters with people, but you know, a lot of people say, you know, when I was younger, I would have did when I was younger, you know, we always say that when I was mm-hmm. younger, but what I've learned, which is very important, is that when I was younger, only really the main core things matter. You can't follow right. the I was younger with your kids now. And that's something that new parents or very young parents, if they know that now, that's really going to help them with their relationship with their children along the line. Because initially, I always did the what I would do when I was younger. Our children aren't going to do that. Our children are not us. Our children right. are not growing up with our parents and they're not growing up in the time that we grew up. It's completely so different. Yeah. When I was younger, it's not going to apply to them. It's not going to click in their head and that's not who they are. So that's not going to work. So I've learned that the core things, those things, you know, discipline, being well-rounded, being well-spoken, being respect. well-mannered. Right. Right. Yeah. Respect and things like that. I'm, I always teach that across the board, but anything after that, you know, you got to work with your children you to evolve, see who they yeah. are and how they operate. Yeah. 
So I really just take the core things from when I was younger, and I oh I always stick to those. That's like ironclad for me. Right. I'm not letting you get away with right. one single day. Will I allow you to get away with not doing no days off? Other yeah. than that, right. you know, I gotta let you be yourself. But right. and so, I, that's really key for me to even take in because, <clears throat> as I discussed with my wife uh, Marie and how we are going to be approaching the parenting game. We are thinking about our history and how our childhood was and uh, what is because she's also from a single parent household, a single mother as well, how those lessons that we learn in growing up are going to be applied to our kid. So there's going to a lot of be a, a little bit of edit here and there, copy paste, maybe there and there. But it's one of those things I have definitely reflected on because, you know, my core values, you know, and her core values are going to have to be blended into right. into how, you know, you know, Josiah is going to run into the world. So we are kind of in debate of what's going to happen. And then also our views may change. You know, there may be certain things that are happening right now that when they turn 10, 11, 12, 13, that we might not, we might have a different perspective on. So it's glad to hear that, you know, you guys are still keeping some of the core values, but evolving as well. You know, one of the things that I was thinking, especially, you know, for you, Eric, I'm focusing on you because you have um, three boys you know, and you were raising three boys. How is it raising men? You know, how, how is it raising them to become men? How do you feel like getting into that world? It's really difficult whether you're raising a male or a female, mm-hmm. considering I have both. <laughs> but what what also people need to realize is that unless you've come from a household where not only have you had both parents, but both parents that were very involved, it's very difficult to raise the child. And there's a lot of challenges on the parent. And the thing is, that's not the child's fault. So you can't make any excuses about it. So for example, since I didn't grow up with a father, I didn't have someone to tell me at certain ages, well, these are the things you should do. These are the things you shouldn't do. If you have any questions, ask me. If you have any concerns, ask me. So, you know, when we were growing up, all those things that were going through our head, who do we ask? Well, does this person like me? Do I like that person? Well, how do I know if that person wants to be my friend? Should I befriend that person? Should I speak to them or wait for them to speak to me? You know, or this person was kind of bullying me, it seemed like, what What do I do? Right. We didn't have the opportunity to do that. So now, how do I know, you know, exactly when to do that with my children? But it doesn't matter because it's not the child's fault. We still got to figure it out. Right. So, you know, I, I think that the main thing for me, especially with raising boys, is being able to guide them where I didn't have that guidance so that the things that I was, that I was able to be successful at, at 25 or 35, I can give them a 10-year head start. You know what I mean? Like that's super crucial because if I had those things, then I would have gotten to certain places significantly sooner. Right. You know, so and, or, and that's that's really that's really crucial and important to me. Or just, you know, not even not only would they have been able to get to that place sooner, like you made the mistake, so they wouldn't even have to make the mistake. They wouldn't even have to make the struggle because you like, hey, listen, I did that before. You don't have to do that. You can go this way instead of going that way. So it's just like it's either you're going through the cash lane or the easy pass. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's that simple. Yep. You know, and our job, our job is to give, get them that that fast pass. Right. right, that's our job. You know, so as new parents, you you want to you want to streamline them. You know, while still teaching them about you know proper work ethic and stuff. Right, want to be able to streamline them to where they need to be. So if they're like in their early twenties and they're really hitting it, like that's yeah, that's success. Yeah. One of the things that I, I definitely see, you know, from just watching you guys raise your kids um, is how well you guys communicate 
you know, and that's not an overnight sensation. That's something that you guys have to work on. How has your communication evolved from your kids over time? Um, I, I guess I could start with that one. Um, you know, my situation is different from Eric's situation. He's like, he, he mentioned he has an ex-wife, but he's also, um, he's currently married and he's able to have conversations with his daughter or with his wife about his daughter. Cause that's their child. Mm-hmm. Um, I just try to be as honest and upfront about things as, as I possibly can. Um, you know, I I'm really, really huge on communication in general. Um, I just try to say, say it like it is, you know, right now, um, my daughter's 10 and she's like, Hey, do I really need to like know about all the stuff in school? And I'm like, you know, the truth is not really, but you kind of have to at least try and make the effort. Um, I, I just try to, the, the, what I try to avoid is like, we all have this idea in our mind of what the world is like. And then like we grow up and then we're like, oh shit, it's not really like this. Right. And I, I, I'm trying to minimize that impact for my daughter as much as possible. Meaning like, Hey, like this is culture shock. Right. 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 Like, my, like, Oh <laughs> shit. Like looking around, like what is going on around here? Like I'm trying to make her realize like, Hey, listen, I know you, you, you may not be thrilled about school right now. If I was the wealthiest person in New York city, you would still have to go to school and you still going to have to try in class. Right. So it doesn't, so I just try to tell her what it is. I don't try to like hide things from her. Um, and just try to, again, like I said, minimize that impact of what real life is going to be like, because I may die, right? And I don't, I have to teach her as much as I can. I can leave my house tomorrow and get hit by a bus. I got to minimize the learning curve that she's going to have to face. So I just try to just keep it real, as, as real as I can, and um, just kind of address things as, as, as they come up. I, I don't try to sugarcoat things really at all. But, you know, sometimes I envy people like Stefan. And the reason I do is because he has the opportunity to put all his resources into one child. Now, if he wants <laughs> to have another child, you know, he could do it. Me, I have four children. They're so close in age. How do I divvy my resources? You know what I mean? They, they don't care. Each one right. needs 100% bandwidth. Right. They're not like, okay, yeah, give me 25 because I know I have siblings. So, and now I have to learn how to communicate with a 14-year-old young man. And then I still need to know how to communicate with a 16-year-old female. You know, plus the in-between. So I have one child that's entering puberty. I have two that are already in puberty. And then I have, you know, a young girl who's, you know, super emotional and just a daddy's girl. So I have to be like a teddy bear for her, right? And then I'm guiding my son who's entering puberty. The other two are in puberty. So there's all those hormones and chemicals and, you know, you know all the stuff that goes through their head. So it can become difficult at times. But again, you know, I have a no excuse kind of attitude. I mean, you know, it, you always have to remember that Anywhere that you, any environment that you brought a child into, they didn't choose that environment. You know what I mean? Whether it's good or no. bad. So you still got to do your best. And, and one of the things that helped a lot is that when I was younger, when it came to learning certain things and having certain core values, my mother was absolutely relentless. She oh, was like, she's man, she's this. just like, like, <laughs> like not, yeah. not, not dictator relentless, but dictator as far as the, the, the like, the, just you the effort. Notice. Yeah, you have to yeah, know the effort, right. you know, so she was just relentless and it leads to a lot of stress and things like that. But it's also very rewarding because she knows that when her children go out, she knows that they can, you know, be in any environment, you know, be respectful right. and well-spoken and, right. and, and things like that. So it can become difficult at times to communicate with, with kids, 
especially the world that we live in now, you know how much information they're soaking in like per minute. E- right. But so like, easily too, it's right? It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah crazy. It's the easy access. Immediately. So they're not, they're not. What is that? Down. Google it right away. Immediately. What is that? And then they could find out immediately. I, I, with us, it's like we had to go to school and like maybe look it up the next day or something. If we remembered, <laughs> they could look that shit yeah. up immediately. It's crazy. Still had the full 12 volume encyclopedia to learn. Yeah. So it's wild. You know what? You can you can just ball it up into as a parent, you must practice patience. Oh man, got to practice patience. It's and huge. then when you think you're being patient, be more patient. Right. Because we always assume that our child is going to be like us, learn like us, and and process information like us, right? And then and then grow like us and be as mature as we were at a certain age. And that's not going to happen because that's not fair. Yeah, dog. I, mean, I thought I was not patient. exactly us, so that's not fair. I, I thought I was patient till I had to try to help Ayana with homework in kindergarten. Lost it, man. It's like, it's like, look, how much is two plus two? And then they're just like, <laughs> right, right. you know, and they they don't because they're like right. three years old. They don't know. They don't know, and they're counting yeah. shit. And it's like, no matter how simple you patience. Make it. <laughs> yeah, you you and it's weird. I've I've realized that like, I don't know if you've noticed this too, Eric, but like, I don't know, like, family members especially children can tilt you way more than like non-family members. Like I feel like I'll have patience with like, I, I have infinitely more patience. I feel like, which I feel bad saying it, but it's kind of true with, with Eric's yeah. daughter than with, right, right. with my daughter sometimes like, right. you know, Camilla will be doing something and then, you know, like whatever. And, and, I, and, and I, I'd be able to help her with it. And if, if my daughter's, if Ayanna's doing the same thing, it's like, I, I don't know that I could have the same amount of patience. I, I it's, I don't know what it is. It's sometimes. almost like human nature. Yeah. It's just, it's just one of those, it's just one of those funny things. We're the same yeah. way with our parents. Oh man. I have way same more way. patience with Eric's mom and my own mom. Help your mom, yeah. help your mom and help your mom. And my mother needs help, but I'm like, I can't. Do yeah. <laughs> my mom <laughs> asked me mean? one question. I'm like, yeah. get away from me. Yeah. Get away from yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So, and then if we're all together, I'm just like, I'll try and go somewhere so that I know she's closer to one of you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And I will, I, I, dog, I will step in. Yeah. I will step in. I'll be yeah. like, all right, Eric. I know Eric needs a break. I will yeah, talk yeah, to yeah, Eric's yeah. mom for the next forty minutes, and he can go. <laughs> he can go do whatever you got to do. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, but, it's a form of human nature. It, it's got to be called something, but. It's almost right. like the you know uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. So yeah, when you're not always around that person. You kind of want to be you know, right. a little bit more. Right. So it, it right. applies to the kids too. So it, you, you guys tapped on a very specific thing because, as Eric said, he's raising you know um, young men, and you're Stefan. You're raising a young woman as well. But then now Eric is stepping into the role of raising a young woman as well. How is it important for you guys as men to symbolize the? the realization that, you know, their first example of what manhood and what proper being treated is, you know, for men towards the daughters. How does that, how does that impact your thought process? Um, for me, it would, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's super important and you have to, um, you, you really have to, I've noticed like almost like view outside yourself and look at like, okay, even if you're upset, at something, let's say something happens and she makes a mistake. Even I'm talking about young, like three or four years old, mm-hmm. she pours something and she spills it. You you have to realize, yo, I can't yell at her. I can't snap. Even though like my immediate instinct is like, yo, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Because then she'll internalize it. And then that will be normal for her. Like the conversations that she's having, or this is a normal interaction with a man. 
right? You can't do those sort of things. So you have to be aware of those things. Um, so you almost have to step outside of it and almost it, it, it's a really weird thing. You have to kind of like, just take a step back and like view a lot of things through that lens. Like, you know, how I'm treating her, that's what she's going to expect all the time. So like, you know, opening the doors for her, um, carrying her bags, but also not coming up to that line and making it so that she's spoiled, like she can do things for herself. But you, you know what I mean? It's, and it's weird and it's, it's hard to find that right, right balance. And the balance is, is to be honest, it's subjective. Like, um, sometimes I'll make, uh, during the week, I'll make her breakfast, right. For school. But on the weekends, I'm like, you got to make your breakfast. I would like to be able to do all the time. Sometimes I do it. Like, you know, she had a rough week of school, so I'll make it. But you know, you want to try to find that line between this is, this is how my daughter's internalizing how relationships will be with men, but also not making it so that she relies on me to do everything. I don't know if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. You know, something that that Stephen may not readily think about is that I have to do the same thing, but now I have boys who I have to raise slightly different. They notice that. Mm, Yeah. They notice yeah. those things, and no, no kid is gonna be like, "Oh, she's yeah." What's up with that? Oh, okay, right. it's okay. So yeah, that's hurt. okay. Right? They can internalize that, and if especially if, yeah, if you don't communicate like, it, like, is yeah, this, is this favoritism? Right, right. You know I mean, and but you know, so that's a great point. Stephen and doesn't have that issue, right? Right. It's, it's it's, different. Yeah, I only have, have the one like kid. A separate conversation with your boys in regards to how that how that treatment is, or is that something that kind of you just like? Okay, when they get to a certain point, I'll address it. It's difficult. I mean, what 11-year-old is truly going to understand that? Right. It's, you know, it, or even 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 my 13 and 14-year-old. So, it's a little difficult, but you know, to directly answer your question, you know, it's it's that super fine line and you have to figure out how to freaking And it's different um, for everybody. Balance on it. Right. And but, and then at the same time, I want to sometimes I want to go so far that no man can match it. Right, right, right. You know, so now I know that she'll try and find something as close to me as possible, but it'll be so high that maybe she'll find it and hopefully she does, but it's going to be super duper duper high. Right. Like, like five years old, a hundred roses, right? Or something like crazy. It's going to be be a lot, you know? And like I always tell my sisters, I'm like, look, if you're going to look for a guy, just find someone at my level, hopefully higher. I always say that because I'm not trying to act like I'm perfect. But don't find someone that that can't do for you what me as a brother does for you. You know, as right. far as just whatever you know their their needs are. So it's it's the same thing with my daughter. I want to make sure that she views me, you know, as something, and then as strives a for at right. least that. Right. Yeah. Like that's just you know that's the minimum bar, and I want the minimum bar to be like high. really high. Right. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. Sure. So, um, one of the things that you know we all <clears throat> kind of hear from time to time is that sometimes your children teach you lessons that make you kind of grow and oh, kind of evolve. What are some kidding. of the lessons that your children have given, you know, taught you that made you change? Oh man. Patience for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm real big on, there's these three things that I always say to Ayana and I learned it um, from this video with Nipsey Hussle. Cause he, he, I think Steph Curry was interviewing him and he was like, yo, I tell my, my kid this every night. He was like, number one, is to always believe in yourself, right? A lot of issues that people have um, can be traced back to like, oh, I'm trying to impress people or something like that. If you believe in yourself, I think that can eliminate a lot of issues. So number one, always believe in yourself. Number two, 
always have integrity. And number three, always um, be a leader, not a follower. Now, the reason I say why that why that um, impacts me and is because how am I going to tell my daughter to have integrity if I don't got no integrity, right? So like, even with the smallest things, and, I, and you can ask her, Ayana, what does integrity mean? It's like doing the right thing when nobody's looking. So that, that I, I got to do that for myself. How am I tell my daughter to do that if I'm not doing it? So number one, because I think we've all seen it around family members or friends or people, is it eliminates hypocrisy, right? Um, it, it really holds you to a higher standard because, and we've done this too as men, it's like, yo, maybe not with our parents, but definitely with uh, with family members. It's like, yo, how are you going to tell me to get my act together? You don't got your act together, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So um, it really, I don't ever want Ayana to say, well, dad, you can't tell me that because you don't be doing that, right? So it really holds your, yourself, I think, to a higher standard. I, I don't really subscribe to like, you know, do what I tell you to do, not what I, you know, do what I do, what I tell you, not what, do I, what I do. Do what I say, not what I do. Right. I, I don't really subscribe to that. I think that's a, a form of, of hypocrisy and it works for some people and that's fine. But for me and my, my kid, that doesn't work, but it really, you, you really got to just kind of have your shit together in a way so that it can't be used against you. Because again, like Eric said, you kind of want to set a very high standard of, of living of excellence of what it should be to do the right thing. You know, what, what my kids teach me and what a lot of kids teach me, what a lot of people at, at older ages forget is to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we get caught up in not having fun. That's, a, that's such a good adult, point, man. If, you, if you're an adult and you want to work and work and work and you want to grind and that's cool and you want to do a lot of stuff for your kids and around the house and things like that, oh, that's great. But if you frown upon having fun, then there's an issue there. Yeah, like what's the because point? Because there's nothing, there's nothing in life that says that at whatever age or whatever you can't have fun. Right. So you know, kids teach you to have fun, but also more importantly, what my kids have taught me specifically is to have a better understanding of a person and their individuality. So, for example, if someone, whoever someone wants to be, or however, how, however someone is, whichever way that they act. As long as their intentions are not to hurt somebody, then just let them be happy. Mm-hmm. Let them let them be who they are. That's a very you know, my, that's a very big point. A lot of yeah. a lot of people don't realize that that kind of shapes how they walk into the world and how they influence others. So that's a very good point to have. Yeah, my, yeah. My, my four kids are all different, and I want them to be who they are as long as they have a good foundation, and then they have some form of goal. Then I'm cool with that doesn't have to be college. It could be their own business. It could be entrepreneurship. It could be whatever it is, as long as there's an actual goal. But other than that, you know, individuality is huge, you know, and they teach me to have fun and just to, you know, a lot of people to just be who they are because I don't, I don't want you to be like me. I'm not trying to force you to be like me. I don't want to be like you. I want to be who I am and I don't want you to bother me for being who I am. So I'm not going to, just like, just like Stefan said, that's, that's hypocritical. So don't bother me for being mean. I'm not going to bother you. I want you to have fun too. Right. I'm, Real quick, I'm just so glad you said that because you really do forget about it because I feel like, and I don't know if this is one of the questions you're going to get to, just the weight of parenthood can be so much. It's like you have this whole life that you have to, like, you're responsible for. Right. And you for, you almost forget sometimes that it's like, what's the point? It's What's the point if it's all just to, like, you know, ensure their survival? Like, yes, yeah, so like, to work and all this other stuff. You want to have fun and and 
create those memories. Like I'm sure all of us have memories of our, of our mothers of just like fun times, fun things that we've did with them. And I feel like a, a part of our job is to make sure that we create those moments. Like I want to create so many of those moments with, with my kid. So I, I'm so glad that you said that. I completely, it, it really gets lost in it, in all the things that we got to think about when it comes to fatherhood. So speaking of that, what is the funniest memory that you've had with your kids so far? Anything that comes to your mind, like just like a snap. Oh, man. The, <laughs> I'm sure Eric got a lot. Yeah. I, I could give you a good one that you said, you know, just right off the top. I got you. Mm-hmm. Right off the top. Which, which you guys may have seen, but. My oldest son, one time he was laying down with his with his tablet mm-hmm. and he he found more fun in dropping the tablet on his face than watching it. <laughs> so That's a, I have no memory of this. That is hilarious. Do. Like, I do? And it was just like this. Remember he would, it would hit his head and he was just like, ow. ow. <laughs> I really don't remember that. Wow. That's anyway, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just he found more fun in that. The tablet was working. It was charged. He was just dropping yeah. it on his face, and he was having fun. And I'm just like, it's, yes. How old was he? That's fun for you. So he's he's 14 now. He was like three. <laughs> he was like three or four, and he was just dropping this tablet on his face. The first thing that came to mind, I got this picture here, is um, like, hold on, I'm, I'm gonna just show y'all right quick. That's her giving me the finger <laughs> when she was a baby. Oh, you have like that so legit, readily available. Yeah, I, because I just I just made a video about it on, on on Instagram, and then hold on the irony of her on her phone choosing that as her wallpaper, right? That's like <laughs> that's like what are the what that's, are the yeah, odds? Yeah, like I didn't say, yo, Ayana, you should use this pic. Like she was downstairs with my mom, her grandmother, and her grandmother was showing her pictures. She was like, yo, I need that. That's my picture for my phone. Just yeah, like, but that that's just proof that she's your daughter. Yeah, yeah. Just the, yeah, the really moments is. of of that. There was one time, um, I tell Ayanna the story all the time, where um, she was like one, maybe two. She, we're in the house, and I, I had, I was pretending like I was sleeping just to see what she would do, bro. She, um, she walked over to me, and I, I had my eyes like I like I was squinting, but she couldn't tell like my eyes were open. And then she got real close, so I closed my eyes. So all she sees is all I see is this, and then mm-hmm. she op- she pulls my eyelid open, and then all I see is this. Hold on, I'm gonna show you. <laughs> and she's going to poke me in the eye, and I could not hold my laughter anymore. And she got right up in it. She was like, "Hey, those things that that he uses to see, they're closed. If I poke them, I can like activate." Oh no, that's, yeah. So there's crazy. lots of random. There's so many moments. That's yeah, why I try to record as much as I can. Stories. Yeah. I could I could be sleeping and then my other son is, is right in my face while I'm asleep <laughs> like a ninja. And then my eyes are closed and the instant my eyelids open, he's like, I do remember you. Like, Hi, Dad. <laughs> you, Dad. you literally like said stand right there and you took a picture of how close he was to you. <laughs> so you sent that. I, I, I think it's that. funny because Eric's uh, his his rule was do not unless someone's bleeding, don't wake me up. So he didn't. He, in his mm-hmm. mind, he was following the rules, but it's like, yo, you're being a creep. <laughs> like, what, yeah, yeah that, he's what standing there, and they they're always like a ninja. You never hear them. <laughs> he was right in my face, and I'm sleeping. Like I don't want to wake up to him saying, uh, "Hi, dad." Yeah, there's so many fun moments like that. Like that of just crazy. randomness. Yes, yeah, endless. One of the things that I, I definitely wanted to. You know, tap and that's this is going to be a uh, a memory. It's something that you I don't know how you would describe this. You guys can tell me best. But what was it like 
you know, seeing your kid for the first time, you know, in the delivery room and that, that type of experience, what was that feeling like for you guys? Yeah, you know what I wanted to tell you guys about that? Because I was thinking about it, too. I think you're going to laugh. You ever see, like, any movie where, like, someone's fighting, they might be fighting, like, a whole bunch of people or whatever, and then finally when they're dumb, they have that adrenaline dump, and they're just, like, you know, exhausted <laughs> right, from beating up, right, like, right, 50 or 60 right. dudes. Like, maybe, like, some John Wick type stuff. Yeah. Right. That's how it is. Like, there's that major adrenaline dump mm-hmm. because, you know, it's just everything in your body is being used because you're so attentive to what's going on, and you're also being helpful. Mm-hmm. Everything in your wife or your girlfriend or your significant other's body is being used too. Mm-hmm. That adrenaline dump is real, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's and it's the adrenaline. It's it's also the emotions, and then when you mix all that in, like it, it takes a toll on your body. Imagine what it does to a yeah, body to her, yeah, you know, because there's there's the physical that's involved too with everything that you're feeling. Right. So yeah, it's just a it's a massive adrenaline dump and a, and an emotional um moment. But to me, it's actually pretty cool. I mean, for the first time, I was, you know, very emotional, but I was also young. Mm-hmm. I was 21, so I kind of didn't understand everything, mm-hmm. but it was still emotional, and I was still there, and it was still really cool. Um, but then fast forward so many years to my daughter, you know, I, I consider myself like a vet by then, you know what I mean? <laughs> veteran. I had all these Not kids. a veteran. Veteran. Yeah. Veteran. <laughs> so now, you know, when my daughter's being born, it's being born, it's that same dump, but it's more of a feeling of accomplishment because you're like, all right, I've been here before. I'm going to use what I've learned. Right. You know what I mean? I'm going to, and I'm going to guide my wife or my significant other through this. And I know we're going to come out on top because, you know, because, you know, you could, you, you yourself, you'll, you'll consider yourself a pro by then. Mm-hmm. And you should, you should have that confidence, you know, right. I mean? regardless of, you know, you, you don't have to be a nurse delivering children to have that confidence, but the actual feeling like, you know, when it's all done, it's just like a massive emotional adrenaline dump because it's so much that goes into that process. It's, it's crazy. Really, it really is. It's it's crazy. It's like a madhouse. Yeah, it, it's funny because um, that that what Eric mentioned certainly is true. I felt more of this like um, my my situation was a little bit different. I felt way more of a um, like a like when you see it's like you know first first off, and Eric can kind of attest to it, it's like is the child healthy? Like you know. <laughs> Are, are there any like is there an eye missing like is the child healthy first of all once you get past that point where usually that's the case yeah, you look for limbs and stuff yeah you look oh, all right 10 fingers 10 toes like are there is there like a scar like over the face like is the birthmark like this or something and then whatever right but once you get past that it's like there's this emotional like you said this emotional dump but i i felt a very surreal like um emotional bonding moment of like regardless of what happens from this moment now for the to the Mm. day that i die i'm like responsible for this life this child like i have to make sure that um you know like i'm i'm in charge of this the care of this life right and it's like i was 25 and it's like um it's just it's kind of wild it's kind of bizarre no i'm sorry i was 26 and um it's just like you feel the weight of it, but then it's almost like, it's almost like this, this lifelong, like contract of like, yo, I got your back. Like I have to have your back no matter what it is. I I may not know anything, but I gotta, I'll I'll figure it out. Like this, this commitment to like being there, like, I guess like, like how we all said we came from single mother households, make sure that I'm just always there. Right. That's what I felt. I felt that like in me, and then there was happiness, but 
I, I think because I'm way more of like this logical person that that's what I thought of, you know, of like, this is a thing where regardless of what's going on in my life, I must make sure that I am available in every way, shape or form for this child. And <clears throat> based off of like just tapping in on that point that you made, because I feel that in myself as, you know, stepping into that fatherhood, the responsibility of showing up is like paramount in my head. <clears throat> Do you guys feel that for yourselves as well? Like when you guys started, you know, it's just like I have to be there because, you know, there was there was an absentee in me in my in my childhood. Do you feel that's like higher in your brain? Um, for me, for sure. Um mm -hmm. It is the most important thing. It's it's so underrated. Like literally the vast majority of the job is showing up. You cannot underestimate what it means to show up. Um, just a real quick story. One of my old coworkers, she was in her late forties. Her um, father had just died. He was like a working guy. He, I think he was a construction. He, he owned a construction business or something like that. And, um, the first thing she said when I, I saw her, I was like, hey, I heard your dad died. I'm sorry. The first thing she said was like, hey, I really appreciate it. And she was like, yeah, you know what's crazy? He was always working, but he was always there. And this was years, decades later. That's the first mm -hmm. thing she thought of was, yo, my dad was there. Baseball games, whatever the fuck, just being available. And you cannot, I'm sure we've all seen the video of like, the kids showing up to like the Christmas recital and they're, they're all looking for their parents and shit. <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah, like worried yeah. and scared. And just literally yeah. you just being there. That's it, all it, it takes. It, it, it's all it takes. It makes all the difference in the world. And I, and I knew, I knew what I was capable of. I'm like, look, I may not be good at things, but I know I could show up. Right. Mm -hmm. So I felt good about yeah. my ability to, to do that. I was like, look, showing up is, is, is so underrated. It's such a big deal. Yeah, and, and it also creates it creates a bond, mm -hmm. you know, that the kids don't know that's being created, even at a very early age, even with babies, which is why any time that I had my children, I was always big on being, obviously being there, but holding them for them to hear my mm -hmm. voice, for them to smell you, for you to smell them. Like, all those things are crucial, and that's why animals, like, you know, in the animal kingdom, that's why they do those things, because they're creating that, like, chemical, like, emotional bond, mm -hmm. and we need to do the same thing. So, you know, it's, it's, that's really what it is. It's just being involved. Mm -hmm. That's what it what is. What Eric you know? just and said, I don't, good. you don't have to always be involved where you're actually doing something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like when guys hang out, what do we do? We sit around. Right. Right. We're having but that, a good but time. That counts. We're sitting right. around. Right. You know, that's, that's how it is with kids too. Just, just physically being there. You know, and, and kids remember that. I remember stuff. Mm -hmm. I remember stuff that my mother did. I remember trips that my mother took me on. I remember where I went. I remember what I did. She was able to take me on different things related to her job, job trips. I don't mm -hmm. even know how she was able to do that. Mm -hmm. Took me to other places, you know, camping and Poconos and, and Florida and Texas and, and to the Alamo, things like that. How do I remember that stuff over 20 years later? Right. Because people remember that, right? Yeah. It's like, in, so, it's instinct. It's just like encoded in you. Yeah. Right? And what so, Eric said, I didn't yeah. even realize the the being purposely physical and like letting them hear your voice and touch them and stuff. I like it sounded like you were very purposeful about that, Eric. But I, it was like I I don't I didn't really think about it. But it's like it just I, I guess it just kind of happened. Like for years mm -hmm. up until Ayana was like two, so there were times where the she would fall asleep on my chest, <laughs> like mm -hmm. literally. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I mean, and why do you think when they give birth, they they make sure they do the, the skin, 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 skin skin to skin? Yeah, right. They, they don't right. do that because they want it's a photo freaking right. moment. <laughs> photo op, right? Yeah, yeah it, no, it, it's, it's a real it's thing. The science behind it, right? So yeah, with with all my kids, I've always done that. You know, I always make sure that I'm very close and that mm-hmm. they can feel me breathe and that they can even you know kind of like smell you know like my exhale. Right, right, sense. right. Like, all those things, you know, your voice and stuff, like those things matter. I feel like my daughter is as attached to me as she is, is because I was more mature at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a good working schedule and I was present and I also did those things specifically with her. Mm-hmm. That's 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 why she's attached to me. Right. You know, that that created that whole daddy's girl thing because I, I was very intentional with doing those things, you know, knowing from having previous children. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, one of the things is like, you know, we, you know, like you guys said before, which I really, I was reading a book about, you know, fatherhood and things like that. They were like the emotional intelligence in this day and age is so much more crucial than it was back then, because there's just so many things that they can get their hands into, like, you know, Google and searching and things like Mm -hmm. that. You know, how are you guys preparing, you know, your children with emotional maturity and how to like communicate and how to handle different situations that come up when you're not around? That's a good question. Rough. Yeah. It's rough. I mean, think about what you're fighting against. Yeah. There's so many things that can reach you. All these kids, you're fighting against every social media app, right? How do you do that? They just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and seeing different things from different people all around the world. Good stuff, bad stuff, you know, things with curses, fights, you know, all the stuff that we see, it says explicit video of someone getting hit by a car. Right. You know, or someone's head exploding or something like that, or someone getting eaten by an alligator. <laughs> no. So how do you combat that when you're you work and then they're at school and then they have to do homework and you have to rest? And it's it's hard. You know, it's hard. You gotta keep on it. You have to yeah. be relentless. Relentless, yeah. Every single day. That. Yeah. That's the only word that's that's the best word when it comes to being a parent. Because relentless doesn't mean relentless like on their ass, like being mean to them. Negative. You know, right. disciplining them. You got to be relentless and it's going to lead to stress, you know, and it might lead to, you know, some gray hairs and stuff like that, but it's worth it. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot. It is a lot. And the only way I was able to really stay sane is remembering you, you controlling what's controllable to you. Um, You can only, you can only shield them from a lot of those things for so long. Cause even if you are literally the perfect parent and you you hide everything that you could on the apps or the phones and they're going to go to school and there's some other parent isn't going to give a shit and then they're going to see it right so there there's only so much you can control um and it comes back to the foundation a lot of the stuff that Eric was talking about earlier is being relentless with the foundation i i hate to say it i, I think i saw it once on the episode of the simpsons oddly enough which i don't even watch but it was like you have to repeat yourself as a parent and that's, that's how they remember you that's have to say. repeat yourself. Like it, I, I basically sound like a machine to my kid. Yeah. But yeah. But again, controlling the controllables, putting them in the right environment around the right people. So around you guys. So a lot of the time, I don't know if I ever told you guys this. One time, my mom would try to um, get me into different things, like to to make me be more well rounded. And to me, it was just like talk, 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 talk. Like I don't, I can't even hear you. One time, because Eric's mom would take us to school to high school. And um, she would listen to other music and she would be like, yo, Seven, you know, it's okay to not listen to Hot 97, right? Like you can listen to other types of music and 
because I was in that environment and someone else said it, I was like, oh, maybe I should listen to other music, right? So again, controlling the controllables, like I can't control which like the people she hangs around in school, but you know, around you guys, right? So making sure she sees what it is, spending time with my cousin, spending time with your kids, spending time, you know, with other good positive things. Otherwise, like how Eric said, that all the negative shit on of the whole world can just it will get to you by default if you're not proactive about, you know, um, what you're what you're showing them. If that makes sense. But repetition really is is really is the mother of all learning. Yeah. Just, just I mean, it's with anything. I mean, you, yeah. you do reps at the gym, right? You're not going to grow unless you do it over and over the same thing over right. and over again. I mean, the 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 things that we say to our children over and over again, it's crazy. Say the same exact yeah. thing every single day. Brush but I, your wanna, teeth. I, I explain yeah. to them right. um, the things that I tell you, it doesn't it doesn't change, which is why you should know what to do. Because right. if it was like if it was like um what's the word I'm looking for? When someone when someone has different personalities and they're always like a different thing. If it was like like a bipolar kind of thing where I'm yeah. like telling you one thing, then it changes and then it changes, that's hard to keep up with. You yeah. know, as a child. Like that's not fair. But I tell them the same core things every day, every, day, every yeah. single day. Most of the time they don't do it. Still tell them the same thing every day. But then it makes you feel good as a parent that if you discipline them, you know, you tell them the same thing every day. Right. So it's not like they're confused. They right. So they're not confused. Yeah. They're not telling <laughs> right. You right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's about it's about repetition. That's big. And it's also which is which is huge is um that I always say I've said it more now that it takes a village to raise a child crazy not it it was back then when whenever that originated that was relevant mm-hmm. you know it took the whole village because people would grow up in a village or whatever mm-hmm. now it's the most crucial crucial super because important. two parents are not enough to keep all this outside shit at bay yeah it's not it it's a real thing parents it takes grandparents it takes the aunts and uncles it takes the friends it takes the cousins like that's literally yeah. what they mean by a village. It really takes all those people, people to teach a yeah. child, to raise a child, and, and also right to thing, keep yeah. them guarded from as much as you can. It really takes all those people. Yo, when I when I that's so true. When I think back to just the the whole thing of like there were times when when mom picked her up, when when Amanda picked her up. There was one time Eric had to pick her up from school because I got a fucking flat tire on the highway, and it's just like the like the support system that that is such a real thing. Um, it cannot be underestimated or, or over, it, it can't be overshadowed. It's so overlooked. important yeah. or overlooked. It's, it's so crucial. Um, and man, it's, it's, it's a big deal. It makes a huge difference. Now, you know, you guys are, you know, you are getting into, you know, Eric more so is getting the kids through stages and then you are dealing with a daughter that's going through those different stages you kind of see them changing into their own person. What are some of the things that you're realizing that you want to help flourish? Like what are some of their passions that you're like, okay, I really want to amplify that for them. Um, with, with Ayana, um, it's, it's weird. Like I I'm identifying certain things here and there. Like she likes to be creative in certain ways, but overall I've tried to adapt a, a philosophy and it's so important to me. It's like one of the most important things is like, what it kind of leads back to what Eric was saying before about having fun. Like what makes a child a child? I am, I am desperate to not like beat that out of her. Not, of course not physically, but just like, you know, wear her down on like 
focusing on school or or whatever it is like finding what makes her happy um and i'm still in the process of it because it changes from time to time like you'll realize like they like certain shows and then they don't like certain shows and then they like certain hairstyles and they don't like it or whatever um i'm just trying to encourage um whatever it is it, it doesn't matter what it is right now she really wants to be a, a youtuber um or like a a, a, a content creator. creator yeah a content creator or an influencer like they call it um and i'm like look that's okay if you want to do that's fine just find make sure the most important thing with whatever it is is that you love doing it because it's going to take you so long to do it that if you don't love it you are not going to push through the whatever it is so um, you know, just the, you know, the childlike, um, like, I don't know if innocence is the right word, but just like, of, um, almost like being naive of like, they, that they can do anything. Like I want to instill in her that she can do that. Right. Like I, 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 I'm trying to build her self-confidence so much that when, when she goes to school and they say, who is your role model that she says me. Like, so, so almost right up until the line of narcissism, like right before it. Right. So, um, again, I, the, to answer your question, I, I really just tried to, um, focus a philosophy on find, try different things. Cause you're 10, you're young, try different things, find what makes you happy and then do it. And if it doesn't make you happy anymore, it's okay to not do it anymore. Right. And like Eric said, have fun. That's, that's so important. It gets it's, over the last couple of decades having fun and enjoying what you're doing, I feel like has been lost. Um, Cause we, you know, we have to be grownups and parents and like, you know, enter the real world. Pretty much the same thing. I, I tell my kids they can do whatever they want to do. I just want to make sure certain things are handled first. After those core things are handled, they can do whatever they want to do. And I always preach to them the same thing. As long as you enjoy what you're doing. Right. Right. As long as you have some passion and you enjoy what you're doing, I don't want them to say, okay, I must get a job that I don't want to work at and right. I must work there until I'm 65 and right. that's it. Right. So I just want them to have a solid foundation so that when they go into the world, they can navigate, you know, well, like we do. Besides that, my communication is for them to be who they are and make sure they have fun with who they are and that they just at least have a goal for something. This has to be something. But like Stefan said, it's going to change. Just like it changes with adults. Mm -hmm. With this career, somebody wants that career. With kids, it's going to change even more. So yeah. it's just a, it's just it's just about are you enjoying yourself and being being okay to try. You want to make sure that they try. Yeah. If you don't like it, that's cool. But don't be afraid to try. You haven't experienced anything yet. You know what I mean? So what I just communicate is individuality. Just being who you are and making sure you're happy. If, if someone says something about someone else, I'm always like, okay, well, is that person happy? Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Like, you're not, as I always say, if you're not trying to hurt someone, cool. If you're doing whatever you're doing, I'm not doing that, but are you happy? All right. As long as you're genuinely happy, cool. Keep doing right. that. It doesn't matter if you're making money or not. Who cares if you're happy, right? Yeah. Yo. If you're doing what you're doing, if you're doing what you're doing and you're broke and you're happy, great. Like, right. Who am I to say, oh, no. Happiness is the, right. Be happy. You know, I, so the, big, the biggest thing for your kids is just making sure that they try and that they enjoy it. I, I was just going to say real quick, um, I think 
I hope you don't mind. I, I won't say who. One of one of Eric's kids a while ago was like he was doing some work or something in the backyard, and he was like, "Yo, can I just dig a hole?" And he was like, "All right. I mean, if, if it's gonna make you happy, then just like just <laughs> go ahead and do it. Like it's it's all good. Like, I and it, like Eric really does. I I've seen and how he parents his kids. He really does mean that shit. Like if if you're not hurting nobody and it's gonna make you happy, fine. Right? It's just do do your thing, man. Yeah, there's some parents that can't get out of that mindset of your child is different from you. You're different from your mother or father, right? And so on and so on. So I don't, I don't want my kids to be like me. My kids are not going to be like me. My kids didn't grow up how I grew up. Right. They're not going to be like me. You know what right. I mean? So <laughs> I need, we need them to be the best version of what they can be. Yeah. And just again, just as long as they have that foundation, they'll be fine. No. That's all that they need. It's definitely funny that you said that because when I'm working on, you know, my son's room and Steph was here helping me out, he was just like, wait a minute. Is he about to have this whole entire room to himself? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, nah, you got to put him in the smaller one next door. What you talking about, right, man? Right, It really should be the other room. I was like, no, you got to you gotta get the smaller one. And then once you prove yourself, then you graduate to the bigger one. He was like, I, 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 told, I told Marlon, I was like, you can put a wall here and make a closet right and you'll still have enough room for the right you know, right like, that's I was how big like, that room is like you, yo, could, you could build a wall in there right i was I, that was wild man and I, like and then i just you know i thought to myself like you know when i was growing up you know i was on you know gun hill road that's where you know i was quote my first apartment i was rooming with my mom my dad in one bedroom you know at the time mm-hmm. for like almost you know half of my young adulthood until I got and met you guys. And then I finally had my room own room and that was small. And then yeah, yeah, moving, I remember. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was small. Yeah. And then coming into the house and then having a small room, I was just like, I'm just going to trek that forward. And even that's even off of, you know, with Marie, she was in an apartment with her mom, most of her childhood into mm-hmm. half of her adulthood. You know, that's just a lot of confinement. And I just was like, you know, our child will kind of have a little bit better what oh have, man you know and that goes back to like your it's, first or second question yeah that's exactly what it is yeah, yeah. Just, it's not a little bit better what you had yeah it's, it's, a, it's way way better like dude when i'm when i moved into this house i spent a thousand dollars on a 55 inch television it was in my living room and then i put it in my bedroom and then i stopped watching tv in my bedroom and eric came over a couple years ago and he put that 55 inch television in my yeah, eight-year-old daughter's room she has a 55 fucking inch television in her room. I was a grown ass man with a mortgage and a car payment before I had a TV that big. And now it's she's almost just like, like a projector. In yeah, that it's like, yeah, it is. right. It so is. it's like, yeah, we kind of spoil them a little bit, but they have to what Eric, what Eric said. Our parents aren't going to be like us. So they're not going to be like their parents. Like they, they have no concept like of what their life is like, how good it is. Like the first time I took Ayana to yeah, Eric, Eric's old house, his old house. When she when she came home, I shit you not, she was like, "Dad, is Uncle Eric rich?" Because like oh, yeah. the house was like, and he, yo, he has a nice house. The the kitchen yo. is nice, the floors, everything is nice. She was yes. like, she was really concerned. Like, yo, are we balling out here? Because Uncle Eric's house is is nice. Like, is he rich? Like, they have no concept of that. But that's where Eric's is is raising his kids. That's the foundation. That's the bottom yeah. level for all of his. They children don't know now. about like hard work and you know oh, or just like you gotta work your way up to that all they know right, is the I, present. yo all i until i moved into this house i slept on a twin size bed a twin size i'm six foot four right and that's just, that's just what it was right so like again of course we're gonna do what we can for our kids to make it better 
And I thought it was funny when when Marlon said, "Nah, I'm gonna put him in the in the big boy room." And I was yeah, yeah, I was yeah, almost like upset. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. bro, it's not too late. He he hasn't been born yet. We can move it I to know, the other room and let the him... other room. The other room is is, is good it's enough. Perfectly fine. Three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's perfectly fine. Like, he's like, nah, nah. He the, the king is here now. He's big dog, and yeah. we, we gonna let everybody know. You're gonna, but you uh, even as a kid, you're gonna remember how you grew up. That's why I do all the things that I do. Oh I yeah, make sure that. Yeah. They, you know, and I tell my kids, I told, I was telling my son yesterday because he got in trouble. I said, mm-hmm. I will give you, I took away his stuff. I said, I'll give you your stuff back now. If you could tell me any one of your friends that has more than you have. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I bet he was wow. quiet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah. and of course I was a setup because I knew that he couldn't. Right. And so, you know, I, they're going to remember how they grew up. Yeah. It's like, we remember how we, and, and I think it'll be a baseline for them. It's there to start. And then it'll just get better as, as time goes on for them. Cause they're not going to stay where they are now. Just like we didn't stay where we were. And you know, when, when we were that age. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that, that should have just wild. Be, they shouldn't be like, again, they didn't choose it. They shouldn't be penalized in any way because we didn't have shit. You know right. They, yeah. They yeah. Be penalized without it. So, you know, cause, cause imagine if we grew up and we had a big room. Then given given him the big room wouldn't be anything, right? Right. right that's it normal. Be, it would be normal, right? right. But it, but it's it's not considered that because that's not how we grew up. So it's not his fault, you know. So yeah, he he just gets the big room. <laughs> that's yeah, that's massive, the massive room. That's just uh, that, be that an is... infant in that massive room. Right. Limited amount of play area. Yeah. Like yeah. the room is like is like okay. Let's say he's taking up this much space, and the room is the size right. of my. The rest of the room, the, the rest of the room is there. It's like, okay. damn man, you got you feeling comfortable out here, bro. Yeah, you really, you really could put the home office in there. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. That's exactly what you. I told him. That's exactly. Yeah. I was no, like, I mean, yo, you could do both in one room. I, I was like, yeah, That's how big the room is. <clears throat> yeah, I could, but you know, I want I want him to feel as much. Space that he and, can. and to be honest, wow. it, to yeah. to be honest, I can see why you do that because now Ayana's ten. She's the room that she's in now is the same size of the room that I grew up in. Okay, mm-hmm. and like now it's a little too late. I can't switch it to the. It's not like there's room for her bed and and her dresser and not that much room. And now my studio is is here. It's a bigger room, and it's like, well, she ain't getting this. <laughs> I was like, you know, what <laughs> you I mean, it's in. like, like yeah, a- we we kind of locked in here. It's gonna be it's it'll it'll be a huge move to get her to the and it's the way the the house is shaped, right? This yeah, your room was kind of tight growing up. Yeah, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, do not get me started. That room was box. that was the hot bro. Box. I know, oh, I know, my God, bro. I don't know, I don't know how we, we survived, but we that's crazy, crazy. Well, you know, as we wrap up, you know, one of the things I just wanted to, you know cap off on is some of the lessons, some of the things that you have learned, you know, coming into this fatherhood game and, you know, you're still in it, you're going to be in it for a long time, but what are some of the lessons that you would want to pass on to those that are listening and also to me? Or some yeah, of those... I got a big one. Go I got ahead. a big one. And this one is probably, it's, 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 uh, it's so crucial that you probably can't even put it on a scale. And what I want to portray to you and anyone else who may be giving birth soon is that when a woman is about to go into labor or she knows her day is coming soon, the most important person in her life is you. And it's beyond, you can't um, quantify how crucial it is. The only person that's gonna keep her sane and the only person that's gonna get her through this process is you, Marlon, that's it. It's, It's one of those things where 
you have to <laughs> you have to not be afraid of anything, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to tell her that no matter what, she's doing great. Mm-hmm. Right? And that no matter what, it's going to be okay. And the only person that she's going to listen to out of all these nurses and these doctors yep. and everything is you. Yep. Right? And when you have that little if you look like me now, she's going to be scared. Right. Everything revolves around fine. you. Yep. Everything is fine always. Right? Always, everything's yeah. always fine. Even if something's going wrong, everything's fine. Everything's when, fine. When 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 she can't push, you know she can push more. It's like mm-hmm. when we go to the gym. You know when you have that workout partner, one more, and you get yep. that one more out. But when you're yep. alone, you're like, I'm done. I'm leaving. Like I'm done. I'm not doing one more. Like I was right. done. But that that's what she needs. She needs you to say that you can keep pushing. You can keep breathing. It's almost there. Right. He's almost out. And and um, you know she may need ice on her forehead or. Um, just so many things that it doesn't matter. So many things that happen, like your, your, the, the, the blood vessels in your face start to break sometimes and women are bruised and mm-hmm. then they shit themselves. Like there's a lot that goes on. And the only thing that matters is you letting her know that she can get through this and she needs you to be her rock. Right. And every man or woman who may be with a woman that's given birth should know that. That that is the most crucial thing, and that can literally be the difference between how a baby is born, mm-hmm. right? Like a healthy baby or stop not, pushing, right. babies could be born a certain way because of the amount of oxygen they do or don't get during childbirth, right? Like that is massive, and that above anything, like I preach that the most because it's just so crucial that you be like ironclad and let and you know you be you know like a warrior, right? mm-hmm. you, know, you have to be like a warrior for her. And even even if things go a little soft, just basic stuff, you can't be concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be that dude that's like right. everything's good, and, I'm, and I'm not. I'm not scared of anything at all. Yeah. To to piggyback on that, like if even if there's a minor in complication, you are in the best possible place to have that. Com- you're in a hospital with a full complete staff. Like everything, like everything's fine. It's almost like. I don't know if you remember at, at the baby shower, anytime you or Marie came up to me with anything, it was like, I'll take care of it. It's fine. It's it's done. It's done. What do you need? Lay it on me. It's done. Right. So that energy is super important. Um, for, for me, I, I came from a different place. It was more of, and this is what I've learned after the fact of um, just how it changes um, women's bodies and their mind. Like postpartum is a real thing. Um, and I know you already do it now because Marie absolutely would not have married you if you did not. But anticipating and recognizing a woman's needs before she realizes it's a need or a problem, that will be tenfold and and just be on alert for that for when the baby is born because um, she will most likely feel like she needs to do certain things to the point of her exhaustion, right? Where she... And of course, any parent will do anything to keep their kid alive, right? But like when it truly will not be necessary and do not, I guess the point I'm trying to make is more, do not lose yourself. Like you or her should not lose yourself in in parenthood. It's super important. Of course, you want to make sure the child is well nourished and taken care of and healthy and happy and all these other things. Do not lose yourself because it's hard. Like, you know, getting enough sleep it's it's um 
get, making sure you eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? When the, when the baby naps, like do, like either you nap or or you do what you have to do. Do not lose yourself in it because um, now in your relationship with Marie, it went from two cups being full to now you got three cups, right? And now you have to take from your cup and pour it into the child's cup. Right. And then you have to maintain these these weird levels of, of the relationship and yourself. And um, yeah, that's important. All those things are important. It's it's so important. What, what Eric is saying is absolutely true. I feel like this is the, the next step to that. Like, like, yo, I got you. Yeah. So meaning, you know, like three weeks later when you guys are home and, and getting into a bit of a routine and she's exhausted from just constantly making sure is this child still breathing? Right. Because you will look. And doing that, so, hey, <laughs> right. listen, you know, hey, look, you know, why don't you just go like, uh, or or even taking it one step further and say, hey, instead of saying, hey, why don't you go do this? Like, hey, Marie, I drew you a bath. Go take a bath and just relax and whatever and light the candles and do whatever it is that you got to do. Because those mo- making those little moments will make her life easier, make her fall in love with you and just give her the, again, the reassurance that she needs that you got her back and you can um, protect and provide for her during this time, which is it's, if you really think about it, this is like what the human race is based on. It's like women pick men based on, Hey, can this dude protect me at the most right. vulnerable time vulnerable. is, which right. is when I'm with child. Right. So yep. <laughs> um, don't underestimate that. Um, I, I know myself, I'm sure Eric is always there. Like, if you need me to come in there and just hey man, we go, we gotta yeah, go to the movies. Those things are crucial. Those things are yeah. crucial. That, and that's why that's why when I see Marie, what do I say? Like you think I'm joking, but I always tell her, "You are you drinking water? <laughs> right. Make sure your make sure your legs are elevated above your heart. <laughs> right? right, get those legs up. Like I'm I'm serious with those things. Like are you okay? Like how do you, right. how, how do your legs feel? Like are, how do right. you need? Like it's so important. important because of so much that they're going through. You know, I read a lot of baby books and I remember a lot. One thing that always sticks out, almost like I highlighted it forever, is when you're in a relationship and then you have a child as the man, you go from number one to number three. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men can't process yep. that mentally. Because when hard. I'm with my woman, no, nah, it's just me and you. Right. You know and we do this whenever we want. And we go out whenever we want. And you're all over me. And you know what I'm saying? Now we have a kid. Now it goes from you. Now, now she, her number one is the baby. And then her number two is her. Right. <laughs> And then now you're right. number three when before all that mattered to her was you. Right. So if you can mentally prepare for that beforehand, that will help a lot. Because if you don't know that, then when the time comes and it's you spend that time with your wife and she's already exhausted and you're like, yeah. oh, it's like shit. Well, right. Yeah, what, what you mean? Me? I thought, yeah. What you mean? Let's let's have sex. It's like talk. I've been yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Right. You know what I'm saying? And not to mention I need, I don't even have mental for you because I'm thinking about the baby still. Right. You know what I mean? But, but as men, since we're logical and we're, we think a little differently, we know when the baby's good and the baby's asleep, everything's fine. Right. Right. Everything's fine. The baby just fell asleep. The baby's fed. Everything's fine for the next 30 minutes to 60 minutes. Women aren't going to think like that. They sit in there the whole time. Like, like what else okay, can I do? Okay. Right. 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 Yeah. What Walking else am I going to do? Or, or I got to pe- prepare for when the baby wakes up and, and all this yeah. other stuff. That that Is moment. Okay? Is she okay? Yeah. Did she, that... she throw up? Did she? Right. Right. Wow. Those Those moments of of um and it's it's really weird to explain but you'll you'll know it when you see it of of you you will know and we of course cuz you know Marie better than both of us you will know when she's doing more than than is necessary in that moment and that again 
There's only a limited amount of bandwidth. There's only a limited amount of energy she's going to have, and she's going to be depleting. You, you just want to watch her, make sure she doesn't deplete her energy for something that she may not need to. I'm not telling you. I'm not. Yeah. I, I want to be clear because it's going on the internet. It. You don't. You don't want to tell her what to do. It's like, hey, hun, listen. I know you feel like you need to do this. I got you. I'll, I'll do it. Right and. Or yeah, let's do it, it together, it, or you know, but you got to be so whatever it is. Because, yes, you got to do it together sometimes. Because other right. times now, they're gonna feel like you're taking them away from what they really want to do. Right, right. They're not gonna be like, oh God, I'm exhausted. Yes, I need your help. Right. So you got to right. be like, this so is their responsibility. Critical. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, but, how- but but again, <laughs> she, don't don't think like you know you're gonna be her number one for a while, and right. don't take offense to it. Oh, that's you know now that now that you yeah. know. Yeah. You'll see it right away and you'll be like, oh, this is it. You know, whereas right. for me, you know, I got an attitude, you know, like, right. maybe it's fine. What's good? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know, like, what's what's going on? Right. You know, yeah. so, and, and to be clear, 2020. So, yeah, the, the reason I, I brought that up is because, well, again, what Eric was saying is, is so important. This what we're trying to talk on now is this is like after the baby's born. This is like the next like this is forever. Like, right. I've heard someone say that becoming a mother, that just means you're just going to worry about this thing till, till you die. Basically, you're just going to worry about your child until you die. So like this sort of thing. And of course it gets easier as, as, as the child gets older and things come in stages, but you want to be aware of that because again, the reason I, this is so imprinted on me as important is because neither of us knows what it's like to be a mother, right? We have no concept of what it's like, how that physically changes, like, instinct in your dna and like how you think and all we have no concept of that so we just have to be there the best way we can to support them and then yeah she has to be your number one while you're her number three <laughs> right you know, so i know where my, my number lies as soon as josiah comes into the world but you know this is definitely a conversation that's going to expand i would love to have you guys back for the future episode once you know my son is in the world and like you can Kind of, <laughs> I'm down for like a every three months, like cause it's gonna change that that first the, the year. Perspective is the, the, the perspective from three months Once to six he's months. Born, we should ask Marlon questions. Yeah, yeah. Like how the do you the feel? how do you take how did right. you take our advice? Did you right. feel our advice was good? Was it kind of spot on? Was yeah. So this could just they could definitely cap on a fatherhood episode or a Father's Day episode. You know. Oh, for sure. For that sure. would be a, a nice little little treat for that. But, you know, first I want to say thank you guys for sitting down with me and sitting down with our listeners and viewers and, you know, just sharing your your insight on fatherhood and how that has impacted you and also how you're impacting your kids. It's definitely something that I would love to expand on in the future. Um, but for those who are listening and watching, as always, please follow us on social media. Um, it's on our radar on Twitter. It's on our radar on Instagram. And it's on our radar on TikTok. Um, definitely if you have a question topic or something that you guys, guys would like us to focus on, it's on our radar at gmail.com. But for this time and probably another couple episodes online, it might just be me or might just be Marie. But for now I am Marlon and you have been listening and watching on our radar. We will see you guys next time. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen.